you're not alone. God, through the person of Jesus, is, wants to be with you. And we're on that journey headed towards Advent, and I want to talk today about how God is with you in your disappointments. I got invited recently to do a chapel for an NFL team, and you always wonder how something like that's going to go. I got home afterwards, and Nancy said, what do you think? I thought, well, it's just hard to tell. Might have gone well. There are a lot of people there for it, but it's kind of hard to read a situation like that. It was the night before a big game. They have a lot on their mind. I'm not sure. It'd be, it'd be nice to know. Did it go well or not? And then the next day, I went to the game, took my nephew with me, and the kickoff commenced the game. And it was quite remarkable to see those guys that I had sought to inspire and envision and compel the previous night. By the end of the first half, they were behind 28 to nothing. And then in the second half, it got worse. And they have already invited me to not speak next year. But I want to talk about how God can be with us in disappointments and when we are not doing well. We sometimes think of him, because of grace, as the God of the second chance. And he is, he surely is, for you today in your disappointment, God is that. But it's, it's not quite, doesn't quite capture it. He's not just a God of the second chance. He's the God of the resurrection. Second chance is a repeat opportunity to try to get what I wanted in the first place, but a resurrection isn't that. Resurrection is the death of one thing, an old life, an old dream, so that something else, so that something new, so that something better can come to life. And that is part of the reason for the incarnation of God coming into our life, into our flesh, into our disappointment. So I want you to think now about a disappointment in your life and how God wants to meet you there. This is from the prophet Isaiah when he was speaking to his people. And he said, a shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse. Uh, stump is not a tree. Stump is where a tree used to be. There used to be life and there used to be growth and there used to be beauty and it's not anymore. It's just a stump. But where there's a stump, there's also roots. and where there's roots, there is a hope. And that's part of the image that's being drawn on here. Over and over again, the pattern in scripture is uh, God comes to somebody and there is a dream. Abraham has a dream of being a patriarch, the father of uh, nations that would bless the earth. But then uh, he's got to leave and live in a kind of an exile and, and then suffering a difficulty for his son Isaac, uh, each of the generations until after Joseph, there's 400 years in slavery. But then out of that comes a new dream, an uh, uh, invitation to walk with God who would deliver them, who would give them the law, who would give them the tabernacle, who would feed them man, and that's a wonderful thing. But then uh, another disappointment in 40 years in the wilderness and that generation dies out. But then a dream of entering into a land and becoming a great people and having a king like David. But then that dream dies and they go into exile. But then in exile, some of them come to realize a few, some of the prophets, that uh, God's dream is greater than just military or economic greatness. It is greater than just something that human flesh can do, um, that God is going to send one who is going to heal the sickness that is inside of our souls. And bring new life to us. And this is the image from Isaiah. A shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. You see behind me 
little shoots coming up out of the ground and there's little labels where someday, not tomorrow, not the next day, but someday a great tree might be, a great growth that would give life to all kinds of creatures and beauty to the world. A shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him in the spirit of wisdom and understanding. With righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Now, Jesse was the father of King David. And so this image is one of great sorrow and sadness. It's the stump of Jesse. There was to be a line of rulers and greatness and flourishing that would flow out of David that would give life to a great nation, a great kingdom. But that tree got cut down. That kingship got cut down. The people had to live in exile. But there's still roots. There's still a connection with a spiritual transcendent reality that is the hope of the human race. And Isaiah says, uh, 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 shoot's going to come up. Those roots aren't dead. They are in touch with something. And it's going to happen. And then when Jesus came, it did. And now he comes to us just as he came to the people of Israel in our exile. I don't know what exile looks like for you. Maybe this time of year, you're reminded when you look at pictures or videos of old family get-togethers of a pain or a sadness or a loneliness or people that you miss or life has not turned out the way that you wanted it to be. A friend just sent me an article. Jeffrey Pfeiffer is at Stanford School of Business, and he was writing about layoffs. Um, over 120,000 folks have been laid off just in this year, just from big tech companies here in the valley where I live. Um, there is a frost, by the way, on the ground. It's not supposed to happen in California. Layoffs aren't supposed to happen. California is supposed to be the place of the dream and, and expansion. And Pfeiffer talks about how often it happens for no good reason. One company starts laying off and then somebody else does. And it turns out that layoffs can be quite destructive in people's lives. That suicide rates go up uh, maybe as much as two and a half times when people get laid off and depression goes up and addiction problems increase when our lives are not turning out the way that we thought that they would and we feel like we are in exile. And I know what it's like when you lose a job and uh, there's just disappointment and a sense of failure and what should I have done differently and what did I do wrong and what do I need to learn. And on my last day, my last job, one of the thoughts that came to me when I got home was, uh, and still, there is no barrier to my joyfully serving God today. There are roots and they touch something deep. And I think now how, because I've gone through that kind of exile, I'm able to be with you. I can't tell you what it means to me, how grateful I am. I had a talk this week with Bob and he was saying, he and his wife Kay watch pretty much every day and, and they'll say, you know, the thing of it is when it's only 10 minutes a day, you just can't find a good excuse not to do it. And so we get to connect with each other and put our roots, uh, back into the source of life. And I'm so grateful that we can do that. In the artwork that's going for this series that is so beautiful, you will see the image of that branch that comes up out of the stump of Jesse. In some traditions, uh, people, family, will use what's called <clears throat> a Jesse tree, where <clears throat> each day uh, you open up a part of it, a branch on that tree, and you're reminded of another member of Jesus's family tree. Some folks will put ornaments on their own tree. That's what that 
Jesse Tree refers to, there is life inside of you. No exile can kill the life that God wants to produce inside you. The word became flesh. You are not alone. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Your life matters. And then the other beautiful image that's on that piece of art that you are looking at today is a rose. One of the uh, wonderful phrases of great beauty in the Old Testament it's in the Song of Solomon that was applied to Jesus is the rose of Sharon. I am the rose of Sharon. Sharon was a valley of great fertility in that land of great beauty and great life. And, and uh, I think uh, of when I hear that phrase, the book you might know, The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. Um, one of the searing depictions of exile on this earth. He also wrote the book East of Eden. We live east of Eden. We live in a land where the sin has gotten into us and into our social systems and poverty and hopelessness and inequity and injustice. Few people have ever written about more searingly than Steinbeck and in The Grapes of Wrath. If you've read that book, you might remember the character of the preacher who has lost the spirit. And that can happen to people. The closing image of that book is disturbing and unforgettable. It's a daughter of the Jod family, Rose of Sharon. It's where the name comes from, a name that is given to Jesus. And uh, she has been impregnated and deserted and then delivered a stillborn child. And in the desperate poverty and neediness of that family, the very close of the book, they come into a man who is starving. And Rose of Sharon offers her milk to try to enable the survival of a starving man when she has lost her child. And it is a, a quite controversial, unforgettable, searing, disturbing image. And Steinbeck writes in the very closing words of the book that her lips close together and there is a mysterious smile on the face of Rose of Sharon. And of course, the cross is the ultimate unforgettable deeply disturbing, deeply hopeful, out of the stump of Jesse. There is a branch, there is a tree, and out of death comes life, and out of pain comes glory, and out of isolation and humiliation and self-giving love comes the hope of the universe. You are not alone. Thanks for joining us. To receive a text alert when new episodes are released, you can text the word BECOME to the number 855-888-0444. You can also send prayer requests there. We would love to pray for you. To receive the emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me slash subscribe. Special thanks to Matthew Custer for the art and design for this series. See you next time.